0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We've heard from the Celtics. We've talked in the global view. Let's roll back the weekend. And talk about the lessons the magic learned from their two losses, the Boston Celtics, plus some good news, some positivity for you this Monday, night, Tuesday morning, whatever day it is. We'll get to that on today's episode of Locked On Magic.
2: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Locked on Magic today is, or will be, December 19th, 2023. My name is Phil rossman I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic have come a long way this season, and it is important that we remember that, even as the Celtics remind us, there is still much further to go. We're going to get to that, plus... Why Paolo Bancaro's recent run has been big time and why Jalen Sugg's shooting surge feels like it's something that's here to stay. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Magic is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Undou- you know, look, undoubtedly there's a lot of disappointment from this weekend. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. And if you did not listen to yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. We chatted w- I-, I chatted with John Corrales of Locked on Celtics. We kind of broke down the weekend. From both teams' perspective and and what it meant for Boston, what it meant for Orlando, and and took a bigger global perspective uh, on the Eastern Conference. So it was a great way to kind of recap the weekend and and take a step back from ourselves. But uh, I don't want to sit here and while well, being gracious to to the guests, of course. Um, I don't want to sit here and pretend that there isn't that tinge of disappointment uh, from this weekend's games. Um, there first off. There is no shame in losing to the Boston Celtics. They are the best team in the league right now. They're they're extremely good. And especially at home where they are an undefeated 14-0, that is a tough team to beat. They do a lot of the things that the Magic specifically struggle with. Orlando is not a team that can play catch-up on three-pointers. And so when you have a team like the Celtics, which you know I believe now leads the league in three-point attempts per game, That's tough for this team. Um, The math was working against Orlando, and again, Orlando can play against these teams, but you look at the teams in the top 10 in the league in three-point field goal attempts per game, their only wins came against Boston at home and Indiana. They lost to Atlanta, and they've lost twice to Brooklyn, and a lot of those games followed kind of the same pattern where they just give up a ton of threes. It's a tough matchup, and look, it's not... I'm not sitting here saying that the magic could not solve it. They can solve it. they have proven themselves capable of solving these matchups and these problems. Uh, But that's a good team over there and, and losing those games, not, not the end of the world. Uh, and, And that's, that's still my overarching message is do not let a pair of losses to a very good Celtics team derail how far this team has come. And so today is a day of positivity. I I, I want to be positive today, Um, but I want to be realistic. This weekend was rough because the Magic have clearly taken steps, and and we were eager to see them not on a huge stage, obviously, because not a national TV game or anything like that, but we want to see this team play and compete against the best teams in this conference And come out on top and prove that they belong. The Magic currently sitting in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Yes, we will start standings watching here very, very soon. Magic are a game and a half up on Miami, so Wednesday's game feels very big all of a sudden. Um, The Magic are sitting in the top four in the Eastern Conference, but very clearly now starting to maybe lose some distance with the teams that we all thought were going to be at the top of the conference to begin the season. It always feels like in the East uh, over the last several years, it's Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia in some order. And then somebody's fighting for four that nobody expects. Miami's sitting there at five or six. Atlanta's in the mix. You know, you know, we're seeing Brooklyn, Indiana be upstarts. You know, the East standings are always a bit of a mess. And we predicted that they would be uh, entering the season. Do not lose sight that the Magic have accomplished a lot, though. Do not let these two games make you believe that the Magic are not somehow making steps toward being part of that group. Two games do not a season make. And I think that's important to understand. This Magic team has indeed come a long way. This Magic team has indeed put itself in a position to be competitive, in a position where they believe they can beat anybody that they play, where they have a key and core identity to who they are. They have a potential all-star in Palo Bancar, and we're going to talk more about him and his performances coming up here in a minute. They have a lot working for them. And they're going to get a chance to show that and how they respond on Wednesday against Miami how they respond Thursday against Milwaukee, how they respond Saturday against Indiana, how they respond next tu- next Tuesday against Washington, how they respond next Wednesday against Philadelphia. There are going to be plenty more opportunities to get that big marquee win that shows this Magic team belongs. But I think the Magic, and, and Jamal Mosley especially, had the right approach exiting this weekend. These little mini series, these these kind of baseball series that we see during the course of the season, do play as stand-ins for the playoffs in some respect. They force the team to understand adjustments in real time, not by looking back at tape and trying to remember what it feels like, but knowing directly, okay, this team did X, we have to counter with Y. And give the Magic credit, they did that. They struggled with turnovers in... The game on Friday, they turned it over only eight times or only nine times on Sunday. They gave up a ton of free throws to the Celtics on Friday, gave up only eight. Orlando put themselves in a position to win. They just couldn't solve the offense part of the problem. Paolo was really the only offensive player that had anything going. And the Magic eventually, yeah, any team that's struggling to score... Is going to fall behind, and, and again, I, I give the Magic's defense a lot of credit in that second quarter for hanging as tough as they did for as long as they did. But without the ability to score, you're toast. Plain and simple. You're toast. And that was that was part of the lesson that that was taught. The Celtics came in with fire. They wanted to win. They wanted to make a kind of statement. They wanted to, you know, they understood the Magic had their number. And they played with a ferocity and intensity that, that the Magic haven't seen. And so, Orlando had to learn how to match that. They had to learn that if you, in a playoff series, if you take one thing away, you got to find another way to attack. And Orlando didn't have that. Plain and simple, Orlando's got its things that it has to do. And it's very hard for them to adjust away from it. That is, as we all know, especially with their lack of shooting, one of the fatal flaws of this roster and something that they're going to have to learn. But it's better to get those lessons now than in April. Than in that playoff series. And that's why these experiences are so valuable. The Celtics are a championship level team. And, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, and Boston, I think, is a team that paces itself through the season because they know what they have to do. Boston played like a championship team over the weekend. The Magic weren't ready for that intensity. Plain and simple. Will they be ready the next time they see it? That's a fair question. They might be. They might not. We won't know until they get there. And that's going to be the challenge now. I've sat here and said it. I know you all are thinking it already. We have to be thinking about April. We have to be thinking about what this team is going to look like, how this team is going to play, when they get to April. That's all that matters now, kids, is April, is being ready for April, setting yourselves up for April and May, hopefully, beyond that. The magic have come a long way, but Friday and Sunday night showed us the magic still have a long way to go. They still have a lot to learn. They are not... Contenders yet, and whether getting to that level comes from internal development or adding stuff externally, that's part of the process of this season, and we'll see just how far along the Magic ultimately get. I want to keep the positivity train rolling, though. I want to talk about Paolo Bancaro's big game, and how it put him in some select company with the in Orlando Magic. So we're going to get to that coming up here in. Just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us this week on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Today, I, I want to uh, uh, off his list, I'm going to give a special shout out to someone on one of the hottest teams in the NBA, the Houston Rockets. Check out Tari Eason. He's still coming off the bench, but it doesn't really matter because Ime Yodoka has found minutes for him. He's a strong fantasy value permanent option who becomes useful to everyone as his minutes continue to tick up. If you haven't been watching Rockets, and I know we saw them on opening night, they're a very different team now. They're now second in the league in defensive rating. They play as hard as the Magic. They obviously have some of the veteran know-how. Yeah, they struggle a little bit on the road still, but this Rockets team has been really, really fun, and and I think we're all kind of excited to see the Magic play them at the end of the season. I believe we play them uh, game game 80, I think, of the season, or game uh, 79 or something like that. So a little bit of ways out on the magic front. I will tell you, you might be thinking Goga Batadze is a great pick for your fantasy team. He's been racking up some fantasy stats, racking up those blocks, racking up those rebounds, high field goal percentage, but be careful. Wendell Carter's return is imminent. He tweeted out that clock, uh, those clock emojis on his Twitter account uh, on Monday or Sunday night. He's probably getting close to return, and and the Magic might be getting very, very close to return as well. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Uh, uh, With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fits, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don't forget to check out the brand new 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. If you do not know, Tuesday is a big day on the NBA calendar. NBA All-Star Voting will officially open on Tuesday. I know y'all are very, very excited about that and the potential for that. We can only say hashtag vote Paolo, hashtag vote Franz. Um, look, um, please vote for those guys. We'll update you on where where our players stand uh, as All-Star returns come in. Uh, I think we all understand that the starting trio and the front court for the, for the Eastern Conference All-Stars are probably going to be Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jason Tatum. I'm not going to complain about that. Those are clearly like the three best forwards and front court players in the East. If the magic remain in playoff positioning, so barring a humongous collapse, I would, I would, I would certainly believe that Paolo Bancaro is going to be an NBA all-star in his second season, which is still like an amazing thing to think about and believe. And look, he has earned it. The numbers, I think, speak for themselves, just the raw numbers. I know there's some advanced stats that maybe he doesn't play it play as particularly well with, but his numbers speak for themselves. He's averaging, um, you know, what let me let me pull up his numbers here real fast. Averaging, you know, 26.1 points per game here in December, 8.1 rebounds per game, four assists per game. His shooting's cooled off. He's only nine for 31 on threes, but he's still scoring a lot. And a 55% true shooting percentage is certainly a really strong number. He's up over 20 points per game. Again, he's at 21 points per game for the season. He's shooting effectively, I believe, about 48% from the floor. Everything is coming up, Paolo. But I want to give a historical context because I think, A, we see the scoring numbers around the league, and and it's been a while since the Magic have had a guy of that caliber. What Paolo did this weekend really does put him in the group of the elite Magic scores. And, and I, and I want to make sure everyone understands this because Paolo's going to get better. His free throw shooting is sucked this year. If he were making free throws at the rate that he was last year, that's another two or three points per game that he's leaving on the board. Um, He's having a very good year. And obviously I just said it, 26.2 points per game. In December, we're halfway through the month. Like he is scoring a ton. And it's not just that he had the 42-point game against Cleveland last week. He had the 36-point game on Sunday, including 19 in the first first quarter, 26 of the Magic's 51 points at halftime. Really, Orlando's offense was all Paolo Bancaro. He kept them single-handedly in the game uh, on Sunday, and and when he cooled off a little bit in the second second half and no one came along with him, that was part of the problem. But again, I want to put his numbers in some historical perspective. Paolo Caro already has two 35 point games this season. though uh, the magic have not had a single player score 35 points or more at least twice or more than once in a single season since Nikola Vucevic in 2021. In fact, here's a fun stat, and especially you wouldn't think this with a how good the magic's offense has been and and and, and you wouldn't think how much how, you wouldn't think this is the, this is true. With how much offenses have exploded over the last decade. Since the 2013-14 season, so now 10 seasons, the Magic have had only 25, 35-point games. Palo Bancaro has two of them this season. Um, again, just really, really impressive play from Palo Bancaro. In fact, here's another fun set. He had the 42-point game on, or he had the 42-point game on uh on, uh, on, on on Wednesday, a week, or a couple weeks ago, the Magic have had only 13 40-point games since Tracy McGrady left in 2004. There have only been eight 40-point games since Dwight Howard's departure in 2012. Again, we're talking about some players that, that you know, maybe aren't at the superstar level. You know, Aaron Gorin had a couple 40-point games. Victor Oladipo had a couple 40-point games, but we're talking about really still all-star level players, players who can play at that high of a level. And, and, and again, every number that we talk about with Caro seems to put him in the class of the elite magic players. And so I think we do need to, I think it is really important, especially now as we're getting ready to start the all-star campaign and start thinking about the all-star team a little bit more seriously I do think we have to talk about Bancaro in this elite tier, at least in Magic history. Again, Magic haven't had the longest list of great scores, and certainly they've spent the last decade as a terrible offensive team. But Paolo Bancaro has taken some massive steps, some humongous steps forward, some humongous... Um leaps in his game. And this season has been better than last year. Like, no doubt about that. And he continues to put his mark on magic history one way or another. I think we all sense a the ball's in his hands a lot more. He's averaging nearly four and a half assists per game. I think he dipped under under four and a half, but he is the point guard for this team. He's a primary playmaker. He's a 21-year-old with a lot of responsibility. And in a lot of ways, he has come through at every turn. Whatever the magic need, he has delivered. And at least in the last week or week and a half, he has put up some truly historic performances. And we cannot let this month go any further without recognizing the work that he has put in how you know he responded to a bad game friday with a really great game on sunday again i know he cooled off still had four turnovers like he's still making young player mistakes but as i keep telling everyone like this is the worst palo is going to be his rookie year is the worst he's going to be he is only going to get better and more efficient and more effective from here he he already has and he is doing things that frankly, we just haven't seen in a magic uniform in a very, very long time. It, it's it's okay to take a step back and appreciate some of this individual brilliance. And as I think I said yesterday, like a lot of this season is Paolo figuring out how to how far to push his start, how much how much of this game is it is about me getting my numbers. And how much of it is me keeping everyone else involved? And and he look, he's still working on that balance. I think we all see it. We all sense it. He's still working on that balance. But he's done a lot and come a long way. And so there's a lot, you know, again, say what you want about this weekend's games. I think one positive thing we can say is like, okay, when we get to the playoffs, when we're thinking about April again, Palo's gonna deliver i don't think we have any doubt about that before we close one more positive note to make from this from this weekend's games it's jalen suggs we'll chat about his work coming up here in just a moment but first it's time for a quick word for our friends over at game time it is bowl season here in central florida um, judging by the attendance at this Saturday's Cure Bowl, uh, I, I don't think many of you were there. That's okay. It was really rainy. I had a good time hanging out in the press box, but we know bowl season is about to kick off into high gear. Whether you're planning to go to Tampa for the Gasparilla Bowl on Friday, go Night's Charge on. Whether you're planning to enjoy the Pop Tarts Bowl here in Central Florida, here in Orlando on December 28th between NC State and Kansas State, or Planning to go to the Cheese at Citrus Bowl between Tennessee and Iowa. Game time has you covered with your best way to get into the game. Look, game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They have all-in prices so showing you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without in fees. And you can buy tickets literally in seconds with two taps plus they're very helpful. If you have any problems with your purchase, they will get it fixed. Trust me on that. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-T-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
2: part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day.
0: It was uh it was not a good shooting weekend for the Orlando Magic. Um, Let's just put that plain and simple. You know, I think we all understand and and we'll start going over some trade targets and and thinking a little bit uh, about the trade deadline and what the magic might try to do. Um, We'll go, we'll start going through some of that here in earnest here in the next couple couple days. You know, we'll let, we'll let the rumor mill churn a little bit at the winter showcase, uh, which is, which is here in town uh, coming, uh, coming up this weekend. Um, We'll, we'll we'll let the rumor mill churn and, and address those as they come up. But, Certainly the Magic know their biggest need is shooting. But one thing that has developed and a pleasant development this year has been the development of Jalen Suggs as a shooter. And while a lot of the Magic struggled with their shot this weekend, Jalen Suggs did not. He scored 19 points in Friday's game against Celtics, made five of nine three-pointers. He had 13 points, the only other Magic player Besides Paolo Bancaro in double figures, shooting five for nine from the floor, he was one of three from three. Uh, Jalen Suggs was humongous all weekend long. And and while, you know, I think a lot of of us were holding our breaths when he went down uh, after after spraining his wrist um, on that block attempt on Friday, hey, that's just who Jalen Suggs is, it kind of hid the strong offensive game that he had. So far this season, Suggs is averaging 12.5 points per game. That's a career high. While shooting a career best 46.7% from the floor and an astounding 38.2% from beyond the arc. That 55.8% effective field goal percentage, by far the best of his career. Shooting was his big struggle throughout the first two years of his career. Now all of a sudden, it seems like he has a lot of confidence in his shot. And all of a sudden, some of those reckless drives are gone. He's making smarter decisions on the ball. And while he is not tearing it up scoring-wise necessarily, we know he's going to give this team some fantastic defense. And now he's starting to defend, at, or now he's starting to shoot at a really high level. And, you know, he'll credit the work that he put in this offseason. He's going to credit Arnie Kander a lot for that. But he's just making shots. And when you look at the numbers even deeper, it, that shows it. According to NBA.com's tracking stats, Suggs is hitting 41.9% with a 59.5% effective field goal percentage on his spot-up shots this year. That includes all spot-ups, not just threes. Last year, he was at 32.5% with a 43.3% effective field goal percentage. That's a huge, huge jump. According to Second Spectrum, Suggs is shooting 42.5% on his 3.2 catch and shoot three-point attempts per game. that's second on the team, by the way. Only Joe Ingles is better, and he's at above 50% on like one and a half attempts per game. Last year, so Suggs at 42.5%. Last year, Suggs was at 34.8% on these same opportunities on 2.1 attempts per game. We cannot, or I cannot stress, and I don't think anyone can understate how much of a growth this is as a shooter. Suggs has become... Dare I say, a reliable three-point shooter. And at least while defenses are covering him like he was the shooter he was from last year, Suggs is making them pay. He made Boston pay for it on Friday, even though it really didn't do much to the result. Suggs is making people pay for treating him like he's a bad shooter. Because guess what? The numbers all say he is not a bad shooter anymore. The numbers are all saying Suggs is a better shooter than he gets credit for, than that defense has given credit for. And right now he is making teams pay for it. Are there still some of those bad shots? Of course. You know, I don't think you're going to completely get rid of Suggs's recklessness and kind of scattershot decision-making at times. His turnovers are way down. So, you know, a, a lot of that has been cut out. He's been smarter this year. But the fact that he's hitting these shots, the fact that he has found this little offensive surge, it's a big boost to the team. Now, look, he's not scoring 15 points per game, and I think that's ultimately where the Magic want to get him to. Um, Cole's kind of that 15-point-per-game score, but Suggs is still a really important piece to this puzzle. They know he's going to play hard. They know he's going to do the defensive things. They know he's going to do all these little things. But now that he's actually hitting shots, his value becomes infinitely greater. Now that he's actually hitting shots, we will see what happens when he plays alongside a higher usage point guard in Markel Fultz. And isn't just relying on, you know, Paolo learning the point guard position. It's, honestly, it's a different, you know, we know Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter are coming back very soon. It's a different lineup and a different group of players than what they left. The Magic couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, to use the cliche, when those players got hurt. Now they're hitting shots, especially at home, where the Magic are just 120 points per hour, 100 possessions at home. They're good home offense. Can't score on the road, but good home offense. Um, Now these guys are hitting shots, and I think we're going to see this team really start to take off and really start to play better once Markell and Wendell are back in the swing of things. And, and, and Jalen Suggs and his growth in this department specifically, I think are going to be big, big reasons why. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search or tune in Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. And also, we sell the podcast to your podcast-enabled advice. You can, of course, watch the podcast as well on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash at LockedOnMagic. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And be sure to check out my Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash orlandomagichub. Always appreciate your support as well. Don't forget to check out the Locked On 24-7 streaming channel. You can find that on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts like me of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll hear from the Magic as they practice at the Advent Health Training Center. On Tuesday, get their uh, get their uh, recap of the weekend losses as well as prep for Wednesday's game against the Miami Heat. Uh, we'll get a prep from that. Plus, we'll take a look at, wh- at what the Magic have done on their paint defense and their interior defense with Wendell Carter out as he gets set to return. We'll talk a little bit more about Goku Batadze and his work as well coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Prosper. from Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
2: Hey, Prime members.